Happy Sabbath, church family. So good to see you. So good to see you. I want to thank Sister Linda for that beautiful song. Beautiful song. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, I just want to share a few things with you. Uh, uh, just remind you of some very key um, meetings that we're going to have together, especially in the month of July and August. You heard about communion, right? That's going to be so much of a blessing. <clears throat> That's July 16th. Um, but next Sabbath, we'll be having a fellowship lunch. And then immediately after that, we're inviting every member of the Garland Faith Community, SDA Church, and friends of the church to just stay by I would love to have a session with the church family. Amen. All right? So don't, don't forget that. That's next Sabbath, uh, right after our fellowship lunch. All right? Uh, and this is coming from, um, I should say I'm not new anymore. Is that all right? <laughs> I feel like I'm, 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 I'm really ingrained now in the, in the Garland faith community. Um, but after having our elders' meetings and, uh, and our first board meeting, uh, which uh, God be praised, Amen. You, you cert certainly do have a, a, a dedicated uh, group of individuals who have stepped up to the plate uh, to lead. And so uh, after coming out of those two meetings, uh, there's so much more that we would like to to now share with the wider church body. And so that's why July, July uh, 9th, which is next Sabbath, is going to be so critical. And one of the things I want to share with the church family is that as a board, we decided to have quarterly business meetings. Amen? Amen. But when I say business meeting, I know... For some folk, you hear business meeting, you're like, oh, that's not for me. You know, that's, that's for others. But let me just tell you, put it on your calendar, August 5th, August 5th, that entire weekend, Friday, Sabbath, and Sunday morning, we're going to have uh, a session with the church family called Family Matters. And we're going to do this every quarter. Family matters. Family matters is actually a play on the two words, family matters. First, our family matters, right? Our families are important. And we are all, this church body, we are made up of what? Families. Isn't that true? Amen. And so we're going to focus on the family over the weekends that we meet together um, once a quarter. But also family matters means that we have some matters within the family that we'll have to address. Are you with me? And so on Sunday morning, we're going to have a real beautiful breakfast. And after breakfast as a church community, we're going to address some, some family matters uh, that we need to take care of. Okay? So that's August 5th, that weekend. 
uh, Family Matters Weekend. Uh, I'll be leading out this, this uh, uh, August. However, we're going to have, um, as we go, different speakers who will be leading out that weekend as well. And so um, just keep in mind, August 5th, we like to have every member available for those Sabbaths, okay? That weekend, I should say, that weekend. All right, all right. Uh, at this time, we, we like to turn our attention to, to the Word. I want to welcome all those who are joining us online, those who are joining us here in the sanctuary. I see some of my wonderful friends here and family. Uh, I want to thank you for, for being here today. And uh, Garland family, uh, you've been so welcoming. And uh, I want to welcome you. All right? And as we worship God today, uh, bow your heads with me. And let's just ask the Lord to bless our time in the word. Let us pray. Our Father, you designed this time You appointed it for each person that's here today and those joining us online to be able to experience uh, a beautiful act of worship. I know, Father, you heard our singing, you heard our praying, you saw our giving. And I know, Father, you, you sense the sweet fellowship that is here. So now as we turn our attention to your word, there's something within it that you have uh, appointed. Uh, There's something within your word today that you have a specific plan to accomplish within our hearts. Maybe someone here today, Father, who can't really come to grip with really why they're here today. But one thing for sure, we all know that we're only here because you have led us. And so, Father, speak to the brokenhearted. Encourage the one who is grieving. Give help and discernment to the person seeking wisdom and direction. Father, bring healing to the one who is seeking seeking, uh, recovery and a relief from the pain. But above all today, give us a clear view of your son, Jesus Christ, and his plan for our lives. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, that the church of the living God say, Amen. 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 Today, we continue our journey. We've been talking about disciples, amen? And in fact, in fact, uh, when I read the vision for your church, it says 
Every disciple prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. I like it. Do you? Are you, you, you came up with it. I, I hope I'm not the one that's too exuberant over it. You should too, right? But I love the fact that you actually use the word disciple. Because that says a lot. Being a disciple is so much more different from being a Christian. Being a Christian is like a cliche today. Everybody, or most people seem to be a Christian, but not many live it. But calling yourself a disciple, it's a totally different lifestyle. And that's what we, that's the journey we've been on. And the journey what it truly means to be a disciple of Jesus. Today, the sermon today is entitled, Abiding Leads to Answered Prayers. Can we say that again? Abiding leads to what? Answered prayers. Anybody would like an answered prayer today? Anyone? All right. Turn in your Bibles with me to our key text, John 15. And, you know, we've been studying this chapter for a couple of weeks now. And today we're going to focus on verse 7. John 15 and verse 7. So grab your your phones or grab your Bible there and, and let's turn to it. John 15 verse what? Abiding leads to answered prayers. Jesus said, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what he will, and it shall be what? Did I read that right? Let me read it again. Let's read it together. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be. Oh my, oh my. What a promise here in the word of God. I would like to examine with you today three keys that unlock God's answers to all prayers. Right here in the text, three keys that unlocks God's answer to all prayers. The first key I'd like to look at here in the text, Jesus said it. If ye abide in me, So before we get to the answered prayer, we have to first do what? In other words, you can't get the answer without abiding. Hallelujah. And I know what it is like for us human beings. We want the answer and we want it now. We don't want to go through any pain to get the answer. Are you following me? We just want to say it and it's right there. We want the kind of microwave relationship 
that guarantees a nice hot meal. Isn't that true? But Jesus said, there's no answer prayer from me. You might get an answer from someone else. But if, the, if you desire an answer from me, you must begin first with abiding in me. So what does it mean to abide in me? What does that really mean? We looked at it briefly last week, last time I was here speaking, and we saw the word abide means to remain. But to remain simply means something of relational value. It's not just being with a person or remaining with a person because, listen, if I had the chance to leave, I would leave in a heartbeat. That's not the kind of remain. The type of remaining Jesus is talking here is a delightful remaining. I, I, I want to be with him. I want to be with her. Are you following what I'm saying? It's a delightful remaining. It's a delightful relationship. It is a delight. In fact, turn with me to the, the book of Psalm. You will see right there. The book of Psalm, verse 37. Chapter 37 and verse 4. The Bible says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you thy heart's desire. Do you see that? It's a delightful remain. It's a delightful uh, abiding. It's something you look forward to. It's a place where you want to be. How do we delight in, in, in our relationship with Jesus? How do we enjoy God's presence? Or do we? The experience of Paul comes to mind, and I like how Paul placed it here in, in Philippians, in Philippians 3, Paul said, I was circumcised, in verse 5, on the eighth day, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, I was a Pharisee. In other words, what Paul was saying was, listen, I was a man of stature. I had all the accolades that religion could provide. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Touching righteousness, which is in the law, I was blameless. I was a perfect Pharisee. But what things were gained to me, Paul said, after gaining all the education I could gain, after having all the, 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 the righteousness I could, I could ever dream of, Paul said, those things I count loss for Jesus Christ. Pursuing those things, at the time, I was pursuing them to find the light in them, but I came up empty. But the moment I turned to my attention and turn my face to the, to the wonderful master Jesus. I found that all those things were like a, a mirage. 
Because now I saw the light in Jesus. I love now spending time with him. I, I just delight to know all that I can know about him. He became, he became my main attraction. And now I delight in spending time with him. Look at Paul. Paul said, yea, doubtless, I, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that, friends? It reminds me also of, of, of King Solomon. You remember him? King Solomon, he sought the light in pleasure. He sought the light in a career. King Saul, King Solomon, sorry, he sought the light in women, had a thousand concubines. I, I, I have one wife, praise God. I don't know how a man could manage a thousand. But you know what? He sought the light in money. And you know, he was one of the wealthiest men that ever walked this planet. And after gaining all of that, he looked back at it, and you know what Solomon said? Solomon said it was all vanity. I had it all, and nothing gave me that satisfaction. Nothing gave me that full delight as when I turned my eyes to the God of heaven. That's where my delight came from. And so if we desire to abide, what Jesus was saying is, allow God to be your delight. Allow him to be your treat. Allow Jesus Christ to make him your sole desire. Pursue him and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, friends, a lot of times when I think about this, I truly believe that the enemy of our souls, he knows this. He knows that when a person turns their attention to Jesus and starts seeking Jesus and trying to learn more about Jesus, he knows that they'll become absorbed into him. They'll begin to pursue him more and more each day. And their lives will be changed. And so in what he does, he comes up with these phony attractions. Are you following me? The things of the world. And he tries to paint the church and the things that Jesus loves as boring. But friends, there's nothing boring about knowing Jesus for yourselves. Are you following me? It is amazing. I, 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 as I think about Ellen White, she said, the great need of our soul is to know God. The great need of our soul, she said, is to know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Wow. Wow. So how do we delight? How do we seek God? How do we make him our sole attraction in life? You heard me said it. You heard me said it last week. I'm just drilling down a little bit deeper today. We have to spend time with him. You can't spell abide without spelling it with, those four letter, with that four-letter word, time. What did I say? Abide is also spelt time. If you want to get to know someone, 
guess what you have to do? You got to spend time with them. And guess what? It's planned time. Can I say it that way? Planned time. Not just when you want something. Are you with me? It's not about when you want something. It's about a person. If I know that someone just wants to know me for, for money, guess what? That's going to change the whole relationship, right? That means they don't really want to know me. They just want to know me when they want something from me. And Jesus knows that's the heart of many people. They only want him when they want something from him. They call upon him when they're in a, in a disastrous situation, and that's when they cry out. That is not abiding. And the sad reality is, when he comes back to this world, many people will hear that, 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 those words that's so devastating. I knew you not. But Jesus, I came to church every Sabbath. I know you not. But Jesus, I gave a faithful tithe and offering. I know you not. You were just simply paying your dues by coming to church and giving an offering. You didn't, you didn't think of spending time with me. Let me tell you, there's one thing we can't hide from. And that is the record being made now in every second of our lives in heaven. We can't hide from that. But listen, there's a loving God, friends, who knows. He knows that he can be your all in all. He knows that he can satisfy every single desire in your heart. He knows it. But there's no way of getting there without abiding, without seeking to know him. Seek the Lord, 1 Chronicles 16, verse 7 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his, his presence continually. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I love those, Proverbs 8, verse 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently. You will seek me and find me, Jesus said, if you seek me with all of your heart. It's a serious thing when it comes to trying to develop a relationship with Jesus. He wants our all. He doesn't want part of our lives, and he sure doesn't want us coming to him only when we have something we want from him. Jesus does not desire a relationship that is described as friends with benefits. That's not what he desires. So abide. Question. If we want our answers to be, if we want answers to our prayer, the question is, how much time do we spend with him in trying to know him? He knows. If we should make an audit of our daily lives, where do we spend most of our time? You might say school. School is good, you know that. 
spending hours studying, that's all fine. But to the expense of not spending time with God, that is tragic to a spiritual relationship with God. Are you with me, folk? So spending time with God is very critical. And I want to I say to the Garland Church, as we move forward as a church family, we have to take care of the basics. It's the basics that's going to get us to where we want to get to. Are you following me? And we need all our church members and friends having an active and a dynamic relationship with Jesus where you're actually seeking to know him. You know, when you think about it, when you really think about it, friends, what are some of the things we ask God for? We tend to ask God for help for maybe a hailing person, a person who's sick. We tend to ask God for, for, for financial resources. Maybe we're struggling financially. We tend to ask God for help to satisfy our needs. One of our greatest needs is this. Why not going to God and saying, God, you know what? I truly want to know you with all my heart. But truly, the world, the world is occupying my attention. Can you help me? What a prayer. Can you give me that desire, that love for you, where I will prioritize our relationship together? That is a prayer that God will answer immediately. He will flood you with angelic power. God wants us all to have that desire. Why not just be honest with him? Why not just say, God, I know it's only when I come to you for things. That's my concept of abiding. Can you help me change that? This must be changed if we desire to be disciples. And it's a very serious thing. In 1 Timothy, in 1 Timothy 6, verse, verse 6 to 10, I'm going to read this statement because Paul, in addressing this very thing, Paul said, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into what? The world. And we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be what? Content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptations, into a sneer, into many senseless and harmless desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through the craving that some of some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves in many what? In many pride. Folk, let's not let the devil use this trickery of enticement of the world to overwhelm our desire to know God. Ask God. Help me to prioritize my relationship with you. 
one of the ways in which God helps us each week to abide is to give us the Sabbath. Did you know that? Amen. The Sabbath is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful part of God's creation. In fact, let, let me just show you, let me just share with you, and you can read it with me, Exodus 30, 31, verse 13. Uh, God says, speaking to the children of Israel, Seek also, speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generation that you may know that I am the Lord. Amen. Guess what? Every Sabbath. Do you know what happened every Sabbath? Let me tell you what happened in my household every Sabbath. We, we, we look forward to the Sabbath as a family. And no matter what the work week might look like, you'll find in my house, before the sun sets, we're sitting watching the sunset. And as a family, we gather together and we worship God. And we put aside every single affair of life. No studying, no studying uh, schoolwork, no more work. For 24 hours, we delight ourselves in the God of heaven. Amen. And did you know, did you know that when God created the Sabbath, it was the only day out of the, the seven days that was blessed by him. The only one. He blessed it. The word there is the word actually, the Hebrew word is the word barak. That's the word there, right? When it says be blessed. The word actually means to kneel. So what happens every Sabbath? is that God carved out this time, it's his time, not ours, and he comes kneeling, ready to do what? To serve. Ready to serve his people. And he comes with blessings every Sabbath that's going to enrich every person who celebrates it. It's going to enrich their relationship with him. They're going to know him better by keeping the Sabbath. And he comes with blessings upon this day that he doesn't give on any other day. Hmm. That's Bible. And so what are these blessings? They're spiritual blessings and they're given to, to, to help the human family to abide. He's teaching us how to abide every Sabbath. Put aside every affairs of the world. Come and spend time with me. And we should do that every day. Every day. We should have a Sabbath. A part of the day. When we spend abiding. Are you with me? Amen. And that's key to our relationship with God. If we don't abide. Do not expect him to answer our prayers. Amen. Second thing is this. In the text right there in John 15, verse 7, the Bible says, If ye abide in me, spend time to know me, spend time to enjoy my presence, allow me to speak to you. If you abide in me, and my words abide in what? So in other words, we're going to carve out some time with Jesus every day. Amen? And now, we're going to carve out some time 
Not only to, to be in his presence, but to what? Have him speak to us. If you abide in my what? Words. Do you know what that means, friends? It means something to us that is so important to every relationship. If you abide in my words, how, you abide, how do you abide in someone's words? You know how? You listen to them. If someone is speaking while you're talking, come on now, how much do you learn? We have a problem with listening. And you find that in families. You find out that one of the major breakdowns in a marital relationship is partners don't want to listen to each other. Everybody wants to speak. Because everybody has an opinion. No one wants to learn from what the other person is trying to say. We have a challenge listening. And what do we do? Rather than listening, we invite all kinds of distractions into our relationship. Let me talk about listening for a little bit. Uh, how do we... How do we abide in God's word? We abide in God's word by reading it, correct? And when you read it, you have to listen to how he's speaking to you. Are you following me, friends? You have to listen. It's a focused time. And the word of God is so important. When he speaks to you and he tells you, hey, listen, here are some aspects of your life that you need to address. I tell you, one of the greatest parts of my relationship with Jesus is actually listening to him. And as you go along from year after year, you get to know him more and you get to know how and, and what he's actually saying to you. Whenever I face a huge decision in my life, You'll often find me by myself just sitting and seeking God. And he knows exactly. God is amazing, amen? amen? He is amazing. He will never let you down. He loves us so much. He will direct your path. He will. There are so many times in my life when I'm facing huge decisions and God would speak to me in a certain way. And then as I go through my day, I start seeing stuff happening. And I can tell, okay, you told me this this morning. It happens to me all the time. You actually told me that this was going to happen and then I see it. I say, you know what happens to me? Okay, I'm in the will of God. You have to learn how to listen to God. And you have to put yourself in the environment for him to speak to you. And he will do it. So you put yourself in the environment by taking a daily time with him in his word. Don't take this as something that just preachers say. You have to actually do it. Because this is what he said. If you abide in my what? In my word. Spend time with him in the word. Listen to him and watch God direct your path. One of the reasons why Jesus said abide in my word is this. He will never answer your prayer if you are not in harmony with him. He's not going to do it. He's not going to bend to suit what we are after. 
No. But the moment you, you start to read the word, you start to read scriptures like this. I need an answered prayer. But the Bible said in Psalm 66 verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Are you with me? I mean, I, I, I want an answer to prayer, but the Bible says, Jesus is speaking, and he says, if you, for, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I mean, I, I need an answer, God. You, you see what I'm going through here? Uh, but speak to me. But when you... When you, when you read his word and you abide in his word, his word said, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being ears together of the grace of life, that your prayers will not be hindered. Are you with me? So the word is to the husband. You're seeking an answer prayer, but you're treating your wife poorly. I won't answer you. I won't answer. You need to stop what you're doing. You need to act with humility and go to your wife because I placed you as the person with top responsibility in your family as a man. And I'm coming to you when anything happens to the family. And so if you are treating your wife poorly, I have a problem with that God is saying, and I will not hear you. And you could keep kicking at the prick as much as you want. Heaven will be closed. Go fix your home first. You see, when you abide in the word, God starts to speak with you, and then you, you, you start to know, hey, listen, Here's why things are not happening. Here's why things are, are being blocked. What? Now I can see. God is speaking in James 4, verse 1 to 3, and he said, From whence comes war and, uh, 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 and fightings among you? Come. They not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? He lust and have not. He kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. He fight. James says, and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. We're coming to that. He ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it on your lust. So when you read the word of God, God is saying, listen, when you're just asking for things from me to suit your own lust, no. Are you following me? I remember asking God for things that I knew he was against. And I pleaded to him for it anyway. And you know what? I can remember one instance where God allowed it. And it proved to be tragic. God is that kind of person. Yes, we abide with him. We seek to know him for who he actually is, because we want him. We're not, we, we don't value the, answers, the answer prayer more than him. We want him, and so we try to know God. And then 
we turn to his word and we try to listen to what he's saying to us. Are you following? And so if we harbor unforgiveness in our hearts, God ain't going to work with you. If we're trying to seek God to please our lustful behaviors, God ain't going to answer you. If we harbor iniquity in our hearts and if we treat our family members poorly, heaven is closed. So abiding in his word simply means we have to listen to God and we listen to him through his word. We listen to him through meditating on his word. We listen to him by being in his presence and asking him to speak to us and he will cause circumstances within your life to point you in the direction that he wants you to go. Are you with me? So we abide in him, we abide in his word, and finally, we ask. We do what? We ask. God wants us to ask. You do know that. He wants us to. He, he actually invites us to ask. In fact, you can read this, you can read this all over. We just read it in James, James chapter 4, where he says, we have not because we do what? We ask not. God wants us to ask, but ask after you have secured that desire to know him. Are you following? Ask after you have actually gone to his word to get counsel from his word. Now it's time to ask. That's the third key. You desire an answer prayer. You make sure if there's anything between you and God, you set that straight. If it means you need to confess before man and confess before God, go to the person. I'm sorry. Clean up that mess. Then come to the church and worship God. And some of us are stiff-necked because we say there's no way I will go and say I'm sorry. And God says, you think your neck is stiff? You check out my neck. Are you following? Amen. Ah, we say God is loving and kind. He is. But his, his discipline is out of love. And he will discipline. He will. Jesus said in, uh, through, through the apostle, Philippians 4, he said, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through what? So in other words, in other words, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. He invites us to ask. It's all through the scripture. It's all through there. Asking is an act of faith. Did you know that? It's actually asking. Uh, let, me, let me explain it like this. When I go to my wife and I ask her for something, if she can give it, she will always do. Do you know why? Because we are already abiding. Are you following? 
we're, we're already together on one word. So, so in a relationship context, I hope you, you can begin to understand the secret behind answered prayer. In a relationship context, she would do anything for me. And I would do anything for her. Are you following? She would be my top priority. If I can do it, it's, gonna, it's done. But that is only in a relationship context. But if someone that you only know superficially, and you go to them for help, God bless you. That's what you get. You walk away with a God bless you, right? When you need some gas in your tank, you're left stranded. This is all in a relationship context, and many people, they're living life treating Jesus in a superficial way. And they say they're Christians. And when they go to him and ask for help, nothing happens. And if something happens, I don't know if it's from him. It can be from someone else. Hmm. Hmm. So we need to ask. We need to ask. Not only just asking, we need to ask persistently. So in other words, it's not about just ask today and say, okay, because I asked today, I don't have to go back to him again. Are you following? No, no, that's not. In fact, the word, when you read the Greek word here, when the Bible refers to ask, it's more, more than often uh, a word that's in the present continuous tense, which means it's keep asking. It's like the, remember the, the, the woman, the widow, in Luke chapter 18, I believe, who went to the judge for help. She was being mistreated. And the Bible said, the judge said, listen, I have no regard for man nor for God. But the woman kept pressing him. Day after day, she kept coming and asking him. You know, if my wife come to me and ask me for something today, or any of my boys, and then they come and ask me again tomorrow, and then the next day, in my mind, you don't know, know what I'm saying? Boy, this is serious, right? And that's the secret to unlocking, unlocking uh, uh, the answered prayers from God. God is saying, like this widow, she came pressing him and pressing him till the poor guy just said, you know what? It's about time. I got to get rid of her. Let me just give her what she wants. Send her on her way so I can live my life in peace. And that's what the man did. And Jesus said, listen, if a wicked, evil judge who does not fear God nor man will end up granting this person in need her wish, how much more? If you're in a secure relationship with me, how much more will I bless you? You see, we're talking about being disciples. Serious stuff. You're struggling with something in your life. If you just leave it alone and you never approach God about it, don't think that God is going to miraculously move it. God is going to say, you're not serious about this thing. But if, if, if you're struggling with something in your life, let's say you're struggling with anger. And each time you hear a certain voice, something just boils within you. Are you with me? And he said, boy, God, I'm helpless to this. Well, guess what? Tell him you're helpless. But keep telling him. 
You know what God is going to do? God is going to let you hear that voice more and more. That's what he's going to do. You're going to be faced with that temptation more and more. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to use it as a way to help you through it. Are you with me? We're talking about being disciples. And you cannot be a disciple without going through the crucible of abiding. And there's no shortcut. Are you with me? No shortcut. All right. So we need to ask, and we ask persistently, and then finally we, we ask intentionally. How do we ask? Intentionally. What do I mean by that? Jesus said there are certain things that will never happen except for fasting and prayer. So guess what? If we ain't even praying, and some things only happen by prayer and what? And we're not even praying. So that means we're not even fasting, right? And we want answers to God's prayer? Huh. God is a real God, friends. And when he deals with people, there's certain things that he only, he abides by. And he's not going to bend. To suit us. And so Jesus said there are certain things that only come through fasting and prayer. You have a wayward child that has gone astray, left the home, and guess what? Going further and further away from God. That kind of thing needs prayer and what? The moment you attach fasting to the prayer, you're actually saying to God, God, I'm not only coming to you over and over with this thing, but I want you to know how serious I am with it. For this period of time, I will eat nothing. I will watch nothing. I will do none of these things because my focus is going to be 100% on you until you deliver. And when we do that kind of stuff with God, that's what he wants. You know why? Because when he blesses us with it, guess what? We will know it comes only from who? Only from him. The key to unlocking the answered prayers from God is to wrap our prayers up with fasting. Jeez, did Jesus practice that? Did Jesus practice prayer and fasting? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Friends, abiding, getting to know Jesus deeper, and being deliberate about getting to know him like Paul did. Abiding in his word, taking his word, reading it, and listening to him speak to your hearts, and watching circumstances that he places in your life. You look and you watch for signs. So you read God. He would direct you. And then the, the doors open up for you to ask. For you to ask. And when you ask, keep asking. Ask with intentionality. Couple it with fasting. And believe. Believe. Story. 
before I go to the story. I ask the question again. Is there anyone here today who desires an answered prayer from God? He sees your hands and he knows your heart. Second question. Do you believe he wants to answer you? And do you believe he's able? Well, if he is, all of that. Why not go to him in prayer? If Jesus was walking by here today, as he would do often through his day-to-day activity, he would see people in need. And he would ask them one simple question. He knew the blind man was blind. He knew he had a need. But he would still ask him, is there anything I can do for you today? That's what he would ask. He's asking us that question today. What is your answer? What would be your response to his question? I'm going to invite you to bow your heads right where you are. You're watching online. I'm going to ask you to do the same. We're going to bow our heads. And we're going to spend some time asking God to help us to abide in him, to help us to abide in his word. Then we're going to ask him to forgive us and then share our petition directly to the throne of heaven. Let's pray to the God of heaven right now, each and every one. Our heavenly Father, gave us the greatest example of what abiding looks like when you sent your only begotten son to this world to save mankind. Throughout his ministry we can see clearly how Jesus made sure he carved out time throughout the week and also on the Sabbath day. So that he can know you, get to know you and know you more and more. We can see how much he cherished your word and lived by your word. And we can even see, Father, how much he would rely upon you and how much even though even in his his final moment of life on planet earth how he he asked 
He reached out to you and asked if, if there was another way. And sure enough, the answer he received is the similar experience that we experience sometimes here ourselves where you always have a plan that is the best for us. It might not look like what we ask for, but none the same. You are always in control. And so, Father, you, you have listened to our prayers and, and, and you, have, you have heard our calls this afternoon. I just ask in the name of Jesus that today would be a defining moment in our relationship with you. Today might be a day when we decide that we would do all that we can to seek you, to do, do our best to know you and to grow in a relationship with you. We want you more than anything else. May that be the desires of our heart and may that be the actions. May that be borne out in the actions of our lives. Father, when you speak to us through your word, help us to listen. Help us while we're in your presence to know how you're speaking and to listen to how you're directing our lives. Give us, Father, an intense desire to know your word. May we treat it with priority. And sure enough, there's things you might speak to us that we don't like. Give us a heart to accept it. May we always come to you in total dependence. May we not shy from asking. May we keep asking with persistence and intentionality. Father, as we grow as a church, may this be the thing that we grow in. May this be the, 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 the main thing that we focus on as disciples. May we become disciples who are truly abiding. Because we know the answers to our prayer is what you desire. Thank you for sharing with us this afternoon. And now, we go forward. Forgiven, we go forward. Empowered, and we go forward with hope. In Jesus' name, let the church of the living God say, Amen and Amen.